and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number one. If you are new around here and you're wondering what the heck is going on, to celebrate spooky season, we release an episode every single day for the month of October. So you can sit back, enjoy, drink a hot chocolate, whatever it is, and have some spooky stories to keep you company every single day. As a result of this, there will be no main episodes for the month of October, but you will be so inundated with content that you'll barely even notice. So let's get into day number one of 31 Days of Terror, and I have two spooky stories for you today, and story number one comes from Brandon. I grew up in my grandmother's home. My mother was primarily a single mother, and my grandmother had an apartment addition to the rear of her home that we lived in. Even later in life, when we had moved out, I would still stay there because my grandmother has always been one of my favourite people. The house was an old one. It was the first to be built on the road and was built by the individual who designed the neighbourhood so that he would have somewhere to live during the construction of the other houses. Because of this, it was never really meant to be a permanent building. It also differed greatly from the other nearby houses. The rooms were small, the bathrooms were cold and uncomfortable and there was a random slope in the kitchen where the floor was higher on one half than the other. Just odd stuff. The first paranormal stories I heard were about the upstairs portion of the home. Upstairs were two bedrooms, a bathroom and a loft area that had been converted to a bedroom. When my mother, my aunt and my uncle were younger, their rooms were up in this area of the home. It was here that the man upstairs would be seen from time to time. My aunt in her teen years would wake in the middle of the night to see a silhouette of a man standing in the corner of the room, wringing his hands or putting on gloves. Nobody was ever really able to decipher which action it was, but he would stand there and stare at her. My mother and my uncle witnessed the same thing on more than one occasion. My uncle is a loud man, but a bit of a coward. He loves talking about ghost stories, but in reality, when things happen that he can't explain, he gets the hell out of there. So after a while, I believe that he began sleeping on the sofa in the living room on the first floor of the house. He would do his best to avoid the second floor, and when he eventually had children and they would visit my grandmother, he would insist that they did not go upstairs. One night my cousin was visiting my grandmother, and I guess somehow managed to sneak away and go upstairs to play. There's always the possibility that my grandmother didn't take it seriously, or that she honestly just didn't believe in the man upstairs. But she didn't seem to mind that my cousin was upstairs playing. My family was very careful to avoid talking about the man upstairs when we children were around, out of fear that we would be terrified and not want to stay with my grandmother anymore. It was on this occasion that my uncle came to pick his daughter up, and before leaving heard her say, One second daddy, I have to run upstairs and tell the man goodbye. She said that they had been playing blocks together and that she didn't want to be rude. My uncle looked terrified. He grabbed her and left abruptly. It wasn't until many years later that he would go back to that house. My interaction with what I believed to be the man upstairs was a little different. When I was in my teens, I was laying in bed, listening to my moody teen music and trying to fall asleep when I felt a weight come down on the bed. 
I was supposed to be the only one there at the time, so I opened my eyes to see the shadow-like shape of something get up and move away quickly. It was just out of the corner of my eye, I could not focus on it, but it honestly looked like a shadow or a mist or something. Another occurrence, and this time in my early 20s, I was the only person living in the home. My grandmother had moved, most of the house at this point was dilapidated and I mainly used two or three rooms and the rest were left alone. I knew that the man upstairs was supposedly upstairs and I just didn't want to bother him. When I moved in I exclaimed loudly that I would stay downstairs and he could have the upstairs. I wouldn't intrude if he just left me alone to sleep and live out my life. I upheld my end of the bargain for quite a while. I would hear stomping on the second floor, loud footsteps that would pace back and forth, but until I went upstairs I never experienced anything else. Finally, I went up to store some things at the top of the stairs and soon after I started hearing rattling noises coming from the rooms that I was occupying. I would hear doorknobs rattle, would feel eyes looking at me from the stairs and how I was terrified to look in that direction for fear of what would be there. Eventually, my family decided to ghost hunt the home and while I would lay downstairs and play games on my laptop with headphones on, they would go upstairs video and audio recorders in hand to try and find evidence of something paranormal. I think a lot of what they found was a bit of a stretch, but there was this one time that they made a video of something that was genuinely creepy. The room they were in was odd shaped. It was almost like a hallway that had a closet and was used as a bedroom. They were at the end opposite the closet and they asked their questions with the video camera trained on the opening of the closet. It was here that something round, almost like a head peeking around the closet, came out about halfway, moved up and down the door frame and then withdrew back inside. I don't know what it was, but it genuinely creeped me out. The house was later taken by the city. It was demolished and now the plot of land sits covered in gravel, an old driveway and a plot too narrow to be built on. It was many years later that I first heard of the Slender Man, and my first thought was how familiar it sounded to the man upstairs. I've had a few occurrences in my life that are difficult to explain, but honestly I have no idea what lived in the upstairs of that house. I'm certainly glad that I didn't upset it more. Slender, Slender Man I want to be a Slender Man That's like, I actually don't want to be a Slender Man. So Slenderman is the product of a Photoshop competition that happened a good couple of years ago and because of how creepy it was, the legend of Slenderman sort of grew these very long legs and became an entity all on its own. But Slenderman itself isn't real. I think we use Slenderman as a way to describe things that kind of are resemble Slenderman or have similarities to Slenderman. But either way, the man in, in that lived upstairs does not sound like a vibe. The vision of him either wringing his hands or putting gloves on freaks me out. I'm not entirely sure why it freaks me out so much, but it freaks me out. It makes me feel funny. It gives me the ick. Putting on gloves seems to be more preferable than them than him, it, whatever it is, wringing his hands. And I wonder if your grandmother was doing that classic thing where she was like, yeah, there's a ghost upstairs, but you know, it's easier if we just don't acknowledge it. And then later in life, you hear of stories where the parents or the grandparents are like, oh yeah, 
the ghosts that lived upstairs yeah yeah yeah. we had dinner together every week or whatever and they've lived with it their whole life and just didn't want to freak you out and that video also sounds horrendous i hate the idea of anything peeping around corners head peeking out of the closet moving up and down no stop that And story number two comes from Sarah. As a child, I grew up in a very loving, tight-knit family consisting of my mum and dad and older sister. We live in South Australia and as a five-year-old in 1980, mum and dad had bought a house that we moved in, making this our family home where we had lots of fun, freedom, friends and adventures. It was great. I'm not exactly sure when it started, but it was within the first year. I started seeing people at night and it would terrify me. I could not see any features, just what looked like a big man and a woman standing at the end of my bed staring at me. They were pitch black, unmoving and were there several times a week. I would hold my blankets up to my chin, tightly balled fists and with my head slightly raised off my pillow, trying desperately to get my voice to work as I squeaked while trying to scream out mum and dad. I could never get the words out and eventually I would fall asleep. This went on for many years. My sister is five years older than me, but we were very close and spent lots of time playing. One day when I was around seven or eight, we made up a game, or so I thought. We got out our textures, paper and scissors, and you guessed it, we made a Ouija board. We played for weeks with it and always talked to someone named Michael who had died in the 60s in a car crash in the area where we lived. Or so he told us. One day, my mum walked in and saw what we were doing and she told us that we should probably pack it up and go outside and play, which we did. And after a while, we kind of forgot about playing with it as we discovered new friends and interests which had us out adventuring whenever we could and life again was great. Meanwhile, things started happening in our home. The TV or stereo would randomly turn on full blast in the middle of the night. I started experiencing what I now know people call sleep paralysis almost every night, and I'd find my belongings would go missing for days. Small things like my hairbrush, etc., only for it to be in the middle of my bed when I'd get home from school randomly. Mum used to get frustrated with me for pinching her hairbrush, but I would use it and put it back on her dresser. But perhaps mum's hairbrush randomly grew legs at times too. The sleep paralysis was the worst. I never saw anything or anyone as some people report, I would just feel the pressure to start with, almost like when you tried to push two magnets together from the opposite sides. That bit in the space in between them where the magnets refused to touch is how I explained what my body felt like between whatever was over me and my mattress. While being in this state, I would struggle as hard as I could to get away, move, yell, anything. Eventually, I would fall asleep with exhaustion and I would wake in the morning unrested and often with strained muscles. As time went on, this had become the norm for me. And as a teenager, I made a new circle of friends, left high school and met a boy. He became my best friend at the time and we hung out every day. And this is where things turned up a notch. As we were getting to know each other, we were still friends at this stage, I found my experiences starting to intensify. In my sleep paralysis, not only would I feel that pressure, but it felt like someone or something would lift one of my arms or legs at different times, like I was being examined. I found this extremely disturbing. 
I would be doing the dreaded dishes at night after tea and I would glance up and see a man in a brown suit standing a few metres behind me, only to swing around quickly to find nobody there. When I would look back, he'd be gone. I would question myself. Did I see that? One night after a day of fun, I had decided to turn in for the night. I said goodbye to my parents. My sister had moved out by this stage and I jumped into bed with a book and read for a while before turning out my light. I snuggled down into my blankets, rolled to one side, then the next, rolled onto my back and thought, bugger it, I can't sleep. I opened my eyes to reach over for my lamp and my book and I froze. Standing with his feet on my ceiling, his face barely inches from mine, was a man in a brown suit hanging like a bat staring at me, unmoving, not blinking, just slightly glowing in a sickly yellow-green light. His eyes were massive and round like a cat, with just slits for pupils. To this day, I will never forget the terror that I felt. All I could muster up to do was pull my blankets up over my face and struggle to breathe in the stifling confinement of my bed. The next morning, I flew out of my room and I would sneak out and sleep in the lounge for several weeks after this. I loved to scare my new friend, who lived in dog boxes as I called them. It was a house with many little rooms built around the perimeter of the backyard of a main house that everyone would share the communal kitchen, bathroom and toilet. It was gross, but it was where he found himself for a time. I had developed a habit of walking around the back of the yard and cut straight across the middle and up to his door and I kicked it open all in one stride and he would shit himself every time. I thought it was hilarious. One day he rocked up at my house as he needed to talk to me and as we walked down the street I asked him what was wrong. I could see he was upset. He told me my ghost tried to get him. I had told him what had happened to me previously. He said he was sitting on his bed and he could hear my footsteps marching across the lawn towards his door. He was prepared and going to scare the shit out of me this time. Just as he braced himself for the door to fly open, the footsteps came through the door and stopped right in front of him. He shit himself and came straight over. I didn't know what to say. Regardless, we continued to hang out, though in hindsight he was courting me and I was too naive to realise. About a week after this incident, I was snuggled down in bed for the night after reading until I couldn't keep my eyes open, so I turned the lamp off and started to drift off to sleep. Just as I was comfortably dozing, I felt as though someone punched me in the stomach, which doubled me up, and I felt my arm get grabbed and I was dragged from my bed. I reflexively grabbed out of my lamp and hit the switch as I was going, and no one was there. I was alone, winded and terrified. It wasn't long after this that I decided to move out of home. In fact, I moved to Tasmania to try and help my sister who had moved there and was in an abusive relationship. I was relieved to be out of the home I held so dear and eventually settled into a rental near my sister so I could be there for her as best I could. One night, while doing my dishes, I glanced up and nearly died when I glimpsed a man in a brown suit standing behind me. It followed me. Why could I only see Stanley Ipkiss in my head? Stanley Ipkiss is from The Mask, isn't he? That's who the... That is... that. that I'm not making that up. That is true. I think it was the brown suit. Although I'm pretty sure The Mask wore a yellow suit. Anyway, this is... That's not... That's beside the point. So I've got a theory about this story. 
obviously something was there okay something was there in the first place you guys had been playing the Ouija board with this and this man named Michael kept coming through who was like killed in the 60s in a car crash whatever anyway what if the burgeoning sexuality of meeting this boy and being like best friends but he was obviously what interested in more than being friends with you what if that was the cause of Michael becoming stronger what if that was the reason they do always say that it's teenage girls that like bring about poltergeist activity or whatever you know kind of teenage girls that are uh, becoming more sexualized in themselves and hormonally and all and all those things so is that what it was pretty shit that he followed you though i mean listen come on if you have to move to tasmania and he still follows you that is dedication to the cause from stanley Ipkiss. Thank you so much to Brandon and Sarah for sending in your stories. Thank you so much for listening to 31 Days of Terror, day number one. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for more stories, you can sign up to Patreon for $5 or $2 a month where you get access to heaps of extra content. That is patreon.com forward slash stories. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.